Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. So this is Sarah Barnes Humphrey of Let's Talk Supply Chain and I am here live at JOC LogTech 19 here at the MGM Grand in Vegas with Brian Glick from Chain.io. Hi Sarah. How are you doing today? Doing great. Yeah, the conference is amazing. This is my favorite show of the year, honestly. Uh, real time to get in the advanced level topics, not just the, uh, the 101 stuff you get at all the other shows. Yeah, and really finding out what the shippers are looking for from supply chain tech providers, I thought was a really unique perspective from this morning. But we're here to talk about blockchain because I've had some questions from the audience about blockchain and what it means for supply chain. And I think that you're one of the experts that can give us amazing insight into what we have to look for in the future with blockchain. So let's get started. So Andy Polk, which I think you know, uh, from FDRA, he sent in a question that says, I think a major issue, perhaps not discussed enough, are multiple blockchains. If each shipper or port has their own, it's like we are just digitizing the same transparency troubles with a slight improvement. Professionals shouldn't have to traverse four blockchains to get what they need. So are we going to see competition work together to actually solve issues or are we going to see what I call blockchain bureaucracy? And I kind of have that same question because if I have a blockchain and you have a blockchain, and somebody else has a blockchain, what does that mean? So I think to, to some effect it might be the wrong question um, in the sense that blockchain is a level of technology and we don't necessarily expect every company to run on one database. We don't expect every company to have one website. And so there will be multiple blockchains. There are, and they're going to each solve different problems. So your blockchain that's going to manage supply chain visibility is going to be very, very different than the blockchain where you're going to be recording social compliance information for traceability of your upstream um, second and third tier suppliers, which is going to be very different than the blockchain that you're using to do freight tra uh, financial transactions. Those are different purpose-built solutions on the same underlying tech stack. We use databases for all that stuff, and there will be distinct, narrow uses for blockchain that have real business problems, and those are going to be spread across different things. Now, it's the job of integration layers like Chain.io and TMSs and, and uh, WMSs and all the other software providers to make this accessible and usable. A user shouldn't have to traverse four blockchains, but a software may be calling four or six or 12 APIs to put one useful piece of information in a user's hands. And that's the responsibility of the software company to solve that problem. Okay, and I think that really, you know, helps put it into perspective for all of us because I think blockchain is just this humongous subject that nobody really knows what it's going to do and how it's going to affect them. But I like the fact that you're saying that there's going to be blockchains for different things and that we're going to have to come together in an API scenario with a collaborative opportunity. So then um, blockchain is talked about a lot in food traceability, um, as, like food industry in general. What, where are we also going to see blockchain being implemented? Uh, so some of the big areas, uh, contract management, uh, whether that's a freight contract or whether that's a, a legal contract. So this ability, anywhere you have low trust, 
right? So food has low trust because you've got lots of people and things can go wrong. Contracts are all, already built around low trust. Uh, the other areas that we see are trade compliance and, you know, capturing better, more immutable data around factory audits and uh, sort of those upstream things. And then the second area w outside of low trust is where it can help facilitate a financial transaction. So having everyone on the same sheet of paper uh, really makes handing over money easier. So there's, just, but the, the key thing is it's not going to replace what exists in those areas today. There's already ways to do factory audits. There's already ways to pay your suppliers. What it's going to do is facilitate um, sort of transformative improvements to those processes, but it's not uh, a panacea that's gonna replace what's already out there. Right, okay, very, very interesting. And then the next one came about that says, uh, does the current blockchain wave help us envision a cross industry-wide standard going forward? Something like ITIL, which I'm not sure what that is, so you might need to explain that, or accounting standards. So ITIL is the sort of IT set of best practices on how to run your internal IT shop. So GAP, so when we talk about standards and logistics, we're often talking about trading standards, things like EDI. These kind of standards, ITL or GAP, are the guidelines on how you should do business. So ITIL is how do I run my help desk? How do I run my data center? GAP is how do I run my accounting department and how do I function there? Uh, I don't think... One of the great things about logistics and supply chain is that we don't have that need for that because we are deregulated and it creates a lot of opportunity for innovation that we don't all have to operate our freight the same way. You don't necessarily want Procter & Gamble or you know Coca-Cola or Walmart defining this is how you and your startup need to operate in order to be accepted as a reasonable company. You get run a very different supply chain than they do because you have a different problem to solve. So I don't think blockchain, I don't think the collaboration part of blockchain is going to create the this what I would call a standard there in the sense of those others. What it will do, I think, is help people think out common business processes and maybe, and it was a topic today at this show, um, come to a better understanding of the language we use and the words we use to describe you know what one person calls an asn uh is an advanced shipment notice and then another person calls an asn is something you get eight days after the thing shipped when there's nothing you can do about it anymore um those words if we're all collaborating on a blockchain we may get better at but i don't think it's going to necessarily create a a, a legal structure in which you have to operate yeah, and that makes complete sense. Also, you were talking about having blockchains for different aspects as well. So it's not really going to be able to create a full standard across the board, right? So no, I can see that. And then um, a lot of people wonder, you know, how secure is blockchain, right? Have blockchains ever been hacked? I mean, can we really secure everything enough that it's not, it's non-hackable? I mean, what are we looking at as far as security on this thing? So the most terrifying thing for me running a software company is that the only honest answer to security is how long can we go before a security incident happens and how can we reduce the scope of that security incident? There is no such thing as secure, right? And blockchain has tendencies that allow it to be more, harder to very obviously hack a block, or I'm sorry, to hack a blockchain and not have it be noticed. 
Uh, but you know, one of the things you have to think about is if you put information on a blockchain that is now shared with multiple computers, if you have a programmer that makes a mistake and encrypts something badly or encrypts it using the best technology from 1998, right? We, we encrypted passwords in a way in 1998 that you could hack in two seconds right now. You write it on a blockchain and that's confidential information and you put it out there, well, 10 years from now, somebody's gonna be able to hack that in two seconds. So don't do it. What goes on your blockchain that is shared with other companies should be pointers to confidential information, but do not write on a billboard. Even if you scramble the words, you do not put on a billboard confidential information because somebody will eventually unscramble those words. So I am a big, big proponent that the information you write out to share with untrusted parties on a, even on a permissioned, even quote unquote trusted parties who may be your competitor three years from now, don't write it down if you don't want someone else to read it. So you have to be very, very thoughtful about that. Nothing is actually secure. That's a really good point. And it kind of brings me back to social media, just in general, right? You don't want to put out there something that's going to be to your detriment later in the future because nothing ever gets erased. So as a, as a lifelong Philadelphian, we love our Ben Franklin quotes. That's our favorite thing to do. And uh, one of his quotes is, uh, three people can keep any secret as long as two of them are dead. And essentially, that's how I think about security. As long as there's another party, it's not secure. And so if you don't want your information out there, don't put it on a blockchain, period. Wow. Well, that was amazing. Thank you, Brian, so much for joining me at Log Tech 2019. Happy to be here.